Trevor, I just thought we'd start the show with an explicit warning. Yep. There is explicit language in today's show, so please consider who else may be listening. Oh. Let's go. I'm going to make them an offer again. I feel the need, the need for speed. He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fennec. Go ahead. Make my day. He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids, uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. You talking to me? Together, they bring you the best movies you've never seen. I will find you, and I will kill you. Rent BioStream, the latest and greatest movies on Fetch. Watch on a big screen Hisense TV. Say hello to my little friend! The best movies you've never seen. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. With Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello, welcome to the Best Movies You've Never Seen podcast. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the co-host of this show. And I'm the movie nerd. I'm the one who's seen all of these movies. And I show them each and every week to my other host is Trevor Long. Welcome. Great to be here. I, um, I enjoy being introduced to movies by you, Stephen. <laughs> um, I don't enjoy being introduced to food by you, but movies food. I'm okay with. <laughs> yeah, food. We'll do the best food you've never tasted. That's, that's, a, that's another podcast Spin in the works. Show. This week we're talking, it's a blockbuster, Saving Private Ryan. Okay. Released in 1998. Directed by the one and only Steven Spielberg, and with a stellar cast, Tom Hanks is uh, is the main actor. Yep. But numerous cameos. We'll go through the the oh. the, uh, the casting call. A lot of familiar faces yes. that even you would have <laughs> yes, recognised. Definitely. Now, this film, would you believe, yeah. is based on a true story. Okay. Yeah. So the the premise yeah. was loosely based around the real life case of the Nyland brothers. Right. Now. The initial idea came for Saving Private Ryan came about in 1994. Screenwriter Robert Rodag, he he was reading the bestseller by Stephen Ambrose, D-Day, June 16, 1944, The Climactic Battle of World War II. He really, was really got this, a title down there, didn't yeah, he? You, no mistaking what that book's about. Yeah. But while he was reading, he was really he was surprised to see the repeated last names of brothers who died in combat. Uh-huh. And he stumbled upon the Nyland brothers. Two died in World War II. A third was believed to have been killed in action but liberated from uh, a Japanese POW camp. But after the army learned of the brothers' deaths, they, they, the youngest brother, Fritz Nyland, was actually extracted from France and brought home. 
sent wow. back to the US. So the basic principle the basic and premise of it is absolutely yeah, spot on. It's wow. based on fact, like a, wow. a, real, a real case. So that's what became the inspiration. So Fritz Nyland became the inspiration for the for Private Ryan right. in this film. So okay. how do you tell a war film without there being a this this plot to, which sort of takes us through the the battlefields that we all because know. Because that's the challenge, right? A yeah. war film's a war film. Exactly. You know, but there has to be a point though. There has yeah. to be a story. You've got to have an underlying arc that, that matters. They absolutely nailed this. Now, Steven Spielberg has claimed that this film was, for him, a passion project. Huh? His father was a World War II veteran okay. and he considered a gift to him. He wanted to make something to pay tribute to the to the the servicemen from World War Two. Wow! And uh, <coughs> he said he he initially thought, would you believe, that the movie being a war film with a lot of violence, it wouldn't be commercially viable. Right. Yeah. But to his surprise, it became a massive hit. <laughs> Just a bit. Now you had heard of this, but had not seen it. Is that right? So, 100%. what were your impressions? Um, so I, yeah, so I certainly could name a Tom Hanks. I could, I, I, uh, I knew of his role in the movie. Interestingly, as we'll go through the run through, there's other names that I didn't yeah. realise were there, and some that I was kind of like, "Where is this person?" Uh, so I also knew maybe I'd seen the opening. I knew how brutal that was, yeah, and and I, it's also you know renowned for that. Yep, but I actually had no idea of the broad storyline. No. Okay. Well, this was, as we said, a massive success, and many veterans of D Day actually congratulated Steven Spielberg for the authenticity, right. so the, how real it was. He, he okay. made it. And interesting, one former World War II veteran who also approached Steven Spielberg was James Doohan, better known, if you're a Star Trek fan, as Scotty from the original Star Trek oh, series. Wow. Okay. He was a World War II veteran mm. and he was wounded during the war of World War II and he also participated in the invasion of Normandy on June 6, 1944, Juno Beach. Mm. So uh, he commended Spielberg for not to not sugarcoating anything, no. all the gory details were there. Weren't they what? Jesus. Now, Steven Spielberg did a bit of an Alfred Hitchcock after the release of this movie. He instructed theatre owners, no one is to be admitted to the film once it starts. He wanted everyone to, because imagine going in and yeah. not missing that initial beach scene. Yeah, it's, that's I a reckon good point. That, that, that would leave you, I think that really sets the tone of the movie and is a really important thing to carry through. That's true. Yeah, so he, he that's what he instructed because Alfred Hitchcock did the same thing when Psycho was released yes. back in 1960, which we have covered. If you look that's back correct. at our catalogue, one of our early shows was Psycho. Now, this movie was nominated for 11 Academy Awards. And it won five. Okay. It, it won Best Director, so second Best Director. Oscar Cinematography? First. Yes. Yeah. Best Sound. Great. Best Film Editing. Yeah. And Best Sound Effects Editing. How does it not win Best Picture? Well, they, I'm glad you asked. I mean, I, I don't massive, Spoiler alert. How does it not win Best Picture? Massive controversy. Right. That was the year Shakespeare in Love won the Best Picture, right. which at the time was seen as a massive upset, yeah. and the community was sort of split in half. But have a guess what happened there. Apparently, what had happened, Harvey Weinstein, who was the producer of Shakespeare in Love, mm. set out to he set out on a bit of a campaign against private, Saving Private Ryan 
trying to convince the academy members that it was inaccurate historically. So he was getting in their ear and they eventually voted for Shakespeare in Love over Saving Private Ryan. So it's his wow. campaigning that led to that. In fact, after 2015, some academy members were polled about the controversial choices of the past and one of the main things that came up was the fact that Saving Private Ryan, if given a second chance, would have won Best Picture that in 1998. All right, this is your last exit before the freeway. We are going to battle with Saving Private Ryan mm. shortly. But if you haven't seen Saving Private Ryan, you can catch it on Fetch. And you can uh, see a, a range of movies. Thousands of movies are available on Fetch. And the great thing about Fetch isn't just the movies that you're available to rent and buy. There's also every month a range of movies for you to watch just as a part of your Fetch subscription. So this month, for example, there are movies there to choose from that you can simply watch without having to rent, without having to buy. They're just there as part of your subscription. The Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Ant Bully, The Intern. Um, intern's got, is it Robert De Niro? Robert De Niro Robert and De Niro in it. Um, yep. You know, so there are great movies. In fact, The Shawshank Redemption is one of the movie boxes really? this month. Wow. We're, we're recording in at the end of November. So they change every month. Yep. But it's just that's just an example. Stephen, I've just looked at what's on the movie box this month. The Warriors oh, and Shawshank. It's like they've maybe, programmed yeah. the movie box for the two blokes. Well, for the for the best movies you've never seen. This is unbelievable. <laughs> and and that's the great selection that you get every month. It'll be a different selection every month when you uh, fire up your fetch box. But that's just one of the great advantages uh, of being in the movie world with fetch. And you can get fetch at major internet providers and retailers. FetchTV.com.au. All righty. Now, you've seen, you've sat through and watched mm. Saving Private Ryan. Yep. What are your impressions now after your first watch? It, difficult to, to not go too deep into this, obviously, because we've got a, a full unpack to do and a rating at the end. But I, I will say straight up, the thing that I'm left with having watched this is the sense of, the sense of realism was overwhelming to me. Mm. Uh, not just... I can only point to, and I'll struggle to even remember when we get to it, I can only point to one moment where I went, oh, that didn't look real. Um, and it was just it was just a body that kind of fell on a tank. And I'm like, it just didn't. Yeah, when it, it was just, hit with a 20 millimetre, I know what you're talking about. It just, it just fell weird, right? Yeah. Um, that's legit the only time I yeah. went, oh, come on. But just it's, it's impactful, yeah. I think. You know, impactful is probably a great word because it's visually impactful. The story is impactful. So sound yeah. is impactful. Yeah. It puts you in the middle of it, that doesn't it? It, it like really does. And I think that's the point, right? Because there's such a roller coaster of emotions through it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's phenomenal. It's, it's really, really impressive, which is oh. why I asked the question about the, which is why I picked it. It got cinematography. Is an awesome. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, it, for looked sure. Great. it looked great. Um, for me, it, it's it's the sort of movie where if, if, if you ask a veteran, what was it like being at the on D on on Norm, in Normandy yeah. on D Day? They'd say, "Watch Private Ryan," yeah. and even all the other battles and everything that happened. It sort of gave you a, like a, a first person view of that group, like that that group yeah. of eight soldiers mm. that we all grow to like and get close to. And you know how many movies have you seen where a lot of people get killed and yeah. you really don't care about it? It's just happened. But in this film. What what struck me, and I, and I saw it at the movies with my father. My really? dad's a big history buff, and okay. we said, "Oh, let's go watch it together." And the, the the feeling I got was that you cared for these people. It's like you were there with them. You, well, you didn't but, want anything to happen to but them. But you know what's most important about that level of care is in that beach scene. So you got to remember again. We'll get to the run through, but we've had a quick scene at a military cemetery. We're now on the D Day landing, and you've immediately got concern 
and and care and and worry yeah. for people that haven't even. There's been no character exposition at all. Nothing. Which is the only. We're just there what, with them. The only thing at the start you see is the date. Yeah. And the location. Yeah. Omaha Beach, December, June 6, 1940. Like, yeah. You're thinking, wow, that's all you need. That's, that's all it. the exposition you need. Mm. Let's have a chat about the cast and mm. what a cast it is. Tom Hanks plays Captain Miller. He was, of course, in Forrest Gump, Castaway. More recently, he was in Elvis. Have you, did you watch Elvis, the no. new Elvis movie? No. He plays um, uh, Colonel Tom Parker, which is Elvis's manager. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah like I was a, wondering like where fat, he he's in a fit, fat suit. fit yeah. into that movie. Yeah, he he's was, in a fat suit. He's in a fat suit. He's like he's made, made to look like he's a big fat guy. You're not, oh. so you've obviously not seen it. No, definitely He's a two-time not. Oscar winner. Did you know that? Two-time Oscar winner. I wouldn't one, have one, one, one of the movies, do you know the movies you won Oscars for? No. One's an obvious one. Gump. Forrest Gump. Okay. The other one was Philadelphia. Oh, you know, where he plays yeah. the gay, the guy AIDS. with AIDS. Yep. Yeah. Matt Damon plays Private Ryan. That, that, that came and from nowhere. You, you know that he was in Goodwill Hunting. He was in The Martian and The Born Identity. Spielberg cast Matt Damon as Private Ryan when he was an uh, he wanted an unknown actor. With an all-American look. Now this was pre-Goodwill Hunting. Remember? Oh, really? So before Goodwill Hunting had been made, he was cast in Private Ryan. Then they went off and made Goodwill Hunting, and then they made this. Oh, so in that period, really? he became the overnight star. He was cast as an unknown, made Goodwill Hunting, and then they started shooting this. <laughs> it was That's pretty oh, solid well. luck for oh, old well. Steve. It is. And now this is the first of three movies. Where Matt Damon mm. plays a character in need of rescue. Do you remember the others? We've covered one on the show. Well, we've the Martian. In fact, we've covered both on the show. This is the third one. Martian. Martian. Interstellar. Oh, Interstellar. Remember he was in Interstellar? Right. And now this. So we've actually covered all of them. We'll call this podcast the Matt Damon, Matt rescue, Damon rescue Show. Mission. Yeah. Uh, Tom Sizemore plays Horvath. Now, do you recognize oh, him? No. We've covered this movie, one of my favorites. He's in this with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Starts with a H. It's called Heat. Heat. Okay. Which you were going to give me. He was in Black Hawk Down as well. Okay. And he was in a movie. We haven't watched that, have we? Black Hawk Down, no. I think I might have yes. watched that. It's the Eric Banner, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Correct. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, he was also in another movie called Strange Days, which uh, it's one of, if you've never heard of it, one of my faves. It's going to be on the show. And it was James Cameron co-wrote it and co-produced it. Mm. Tom Sizemore was actually battling drug addiction. During uh -huh. production, he's had this long battle with it. Spielberg gave him an ultimatum. He said, right, you're going to be in this movie. We're going to drug test you every day. Oh, wow. So you want to turn up and work? And if he failed one test, he would be fired. Boom. And he, he agreed and he said that was it. He agreed and managed to pass all of his tests. But wow. unfortunately, he is still, after this, he did battle some serious drug He's issues. very good. Yeah. He's like, excellent. Yeah, yeah, I really like his, his character style. Also starring, did you know, did you spot Vin Diesel? Yes. Eddie Burns. was. Uh, he Burns. played, um, I think, Ryger, or he, he, one of the characters. Barry Pepper played the sniper guy. So him I recognise. He was in The Green stuff. Mile right. with Tom Hanks okay. as well. Adam Goldberg. He's been in a few shows. Was in Entourage. Been in a few series and a few Is movies. He, was he the medic in this? He show? was. He was the guy. His name was Mellish. He was the guy who gets stabbed. Remember near the end. Oh, yeah. okay, right, right, right. Now, what about the cameos? Ted well, Ted Danson. Danson was the first one I was yes. going to say. I was like, that's out of nowhere. What about Brian Cranston? Yes, what, with one young, arm. a young, yeah, young Brian Cranston one arm, too. Right? Yeah. 
Uh, I didn't chop it off of the movie. No. I, think that was a spe- I think that was a special effect. You think so? Dennis Farina. Remember Dennis Farina? No. He was in um, a lot of cop shows. And Paul Giamatti, of course. Of you course. recognize yeah, him. Yeah. Found a, you, you know, you're a fan of his through Billions. We're going to dive through the run-through shortly, but before we do that, let us tell you about our other great sponsor, and that is Hisense. Now, Hisense have a range of TVs at not only various sizes, but also affordable prices as well. Their UHD range of TVs start at just $899 for the 43-inch model, and you can go all the way up to 85 inches in this series. So not only are you getting 43-inch, 50-inch, 55-inch, there's also a 65-inch, a 75-inch, but if you want to go big or go home, the 85-inch UHD 4K series is $2,999. That's for an 85-inch TV. Trev's got a high-sense 85-inch TV mm-hmm. at home. He watched Saving Private Ryan on that very television. Now, this TV, despite it being the more affordable of the range, still has a 4K AI upscaler. So that means you can optimize the picture quality and give you an amazing viewing experience. It's got billions of shades. It can actually display more than a billion colors and also has Dolby Vision HDR, so that's high dynamic range. So 4K contrast looks even better. It also has, would you believe, Dolby Atmos. So not only does it look good, it sounds great as well. And you'll hear all kinds of sounds. A movie like this, like Saving Private (laughs) Ryan, you will hear it's such an amazing experience, not, not just visually, but if you've got a great setup like with Dolby Atmos and speakers, you will hear every single beat of this movie. Now, if you're a gamer, gamers, uh, it's not just about watching movies on their TVs. If you're a gamer, Game Mode Plus offers auto low latency mode and variable refresh rates to make sure you're getting a spectacular gaming experience as well. High Sense, if you want a big TV, we give, we suggest give them a try up to 85 inches on the UHD 4K TV series. The model number is the A7HAU. That's the Aussie version. Do yourself a favor, head down to your store, stand in front of a High Sense TV and judge for yourself or check out their website, highsense.com.au. Attention. Are you ready, mate? <laughs> Well, let's get into this. I love how the first thing you see is this fluttering this US fluttering flag. flag. Yeah. And then you see this old guy, or older guy, yeah. walking through, walking with what appears to be his family behind him. Yeah, but but steps behind. Yes. Clearly, clearly sort following. of leading the way. Yes. And so you you can establish as well that you see some French flags fluttering and I'm thinking, okay, who is this person? Hmm. You're thinking, are they American? They're in France. What's going on? He's in a cemetery. We see yep. him and he, he gets emotional. Like he, he sees a grave, breaks down, sort of kneels down in front of it. And I love, I love the, the, the way that Spielberg goes really tight on his eyes. So all you can see is his nose. Top he of his does nose that a couple of times in this yeah. movie. He does it to Tom Hanks at the end as well. He does. But I think what you see next is a similar – that they established in the next scene is Omaha, June uh-huh. 6, 1944. Yep. And – it's Omaha Beach, Normandy, and you you see a bloke whose hands shaking. Camera pans up and gets right into Tom Hanks's mm. face as well. Mm. So, did you think, oh, that must be him? As oh, did you oh, do any, any kind any of relation at that, that point? point? No, okay. no. This was a this was amazing. <laughs> like you, you, if you watch this a few times, you pick up a lot of things that happen in the background here. Yeah, and. What it's very seeing, busy, isn't it? A lot it's of a people very busy it. screen. Yeah, so the, it's the beach landing. Yeah, there, there's a lot of they're all huddled around. Miller 
you see his handshake and he takes a swig of water. You see his crew around him. And a lot of them are feeling seasick. You notice a yeah. few of them spewing well, it's up. It's funny because I noticed when on the outside shot of the boat, um, that one of the first shots, I yeah. was swore that boat just spewed, like spewed over, over the side. And then yeah. when it happened inside the boat, I realised yeah. it was intentional. It was yeah. part of the movie. Did you like what, what Horvath said then? He goes, spread out. He goes, five, the, the, the one person's a waste of ammo. They want to get five of you. So if you're all bunched together, you're an easy target. Which is, you know, yeah. actually, you know, uh, it, it looks forward to what's about to happen, yeah. unfortunately. Well, then, then as soon as the gate opens and then you hear the, and if you, I don't know whether you, how you watched it, but in here, the bullets were whizzing, zoom, zoom, sort of right yeah. behind and around. And immediately, before they'd even stepped off the boat, they're dead. Three and that's a, dead. that's that thing. As soon as the gate went down, Whoa. it's a it's what well, it would be a ten or twelve deep of people. You know, again, one bullet yeah. is taking out multiple. It's, and it's just and yeah. it's here. It's just mayhem. Not not a lot of audio to share here because it's all action and no, things happening. Well, I was going to say this is one of my key observations of the the action parts of this film is it relies heavily on sound and vision, yeah. not, not there's no, script. There's no words. Yeah, that's um, right. Because what words would there be? Yeah, exactly, like other yeah. than screaming and well, shouting. And there are a couple of moments where, words, where, yeah. where, where, with, with screaming, but it's um, it's the those underwater shots where the bullets come down yeah, are phenomenal. Yeah, and them underwater, yeah. yeah. Like how but do also, they even do that? Did you see the soldier that gets his leg blown? He gets blown up in the air. His leg gets blown off. You see again a close up on Hanks and sort of the blood and water on his face as well. There's a, I think some of them are carrying like fuel tanks or some things on their backs and they get hit and they're on fire mm. right next to where he's happening. So he, all this mayhem is happening around Miller. The mission is for them to clear the beach to get to the beach head below the range of the of the machine guns. Mm. And so the you see them this guy this guy but you see the guy hanging out he, he's there on the ground with his, yeah. his intestines hanging out calling out for his mother remember he's saying mama yeah, he's yeah. sort of not, not knowing what's going on but then they get to the the beachhead mm. and then the obviously they, they they're trying to assess the, their situation no armor has been in the shore we got no DD tanks on the beach dog one is not open who's in command here you are, sir! Sergeant Horvath! You recognize where we are? Where we were supposed to be, but no one else is! Come on, he's where they're supposed to be! Short party! First wave, ineffective! We do not hold the beach, say again! We do not hold the beach! So from that, we gather... They're in the. They haven't cleared it because I think what 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 the mission is is to clear the beach so they can land with their ships and bring their tanks and trucks out. Right. They haven't done that. No. You know those big those big metal crosses on the beach. You know those. Yeah. They were there to prevent that. That's right. So that was the mission. And he goes, look, we're we're we're, we're in the right place, but no one else is. Yeah. So you're thinking, what the hell's going on? Essentially, Did- the the opposition, the enemy, is yeah. far greater and far better equipped than they expected to be. Now, in the meantime, you're viewing like there's a guy. I think gets his. You see a guy. Like I love how there's no the sort of sound sort of deadens down a little bit. You just hear like it's like distant sound, mm. slow motion things happening. There's a guy 
looking around for his arm. He picks up his arm off the beach and walks away and all the all the bodies are on the ground everywhere. Did water, you see? Where, bloody water yeah, lapping. Yeah, sort of water oh. lapping up to all the dead bodies in the in on the beach. But did you there's a lot of subtleties in this too. I don't know whether you noticed in, in this scene where Hank Top Miller gets the radio, he talks to the bloke next to him, he goes, Mate, call this. Yeah. Do so he's, this. He's, he's conveying the message Turn, to the radio turns guy. around and then goes back to the radio guy and, and his, his face has his been face blown is off. caved in. And you think, oh, so he he just and he looks at the radio and just throws it away. It's ruined. There was, a, there, was, there was also a point before this where um, Miller was dragging one of the soldiers and he, he explosion behind him. He looks behind him and he realised the bloke he was dragging was blown in half. He's yeah. dead. So he just he thinks, oh, geez. So he drops him and yeah. heads off. The other one, when the radio guy's uh, killed and then there's another one. Let's say there's eight or ten of them there yeah. up against the up against the, the kind of bank, embankment. And there's one guy, he gets... It, like a bullet clips his helmet. Yes. He takes his helmet off to look at it. And I went, oh, mate, put your helmet back on. And I <laughs> oh, predicted no. it. And he just gets He pegged. gets hit in the head. I oh, know. Unbelievable. Oh, anyway, they're up the beach. And they're at the point now where they need to see what's what in the bunker. You know, there's a bunker above the beach. Mm-hmm. So Miller gets the, a knife and a bit of chewing gum and a mirror to see around the corner. And he, see, he calls Jackson, you know, the sharpshooter. Mm. He says, look, there's, a, there's a p- people up there. You need to you need to clear this. They so they advance. They get right in front of the trenches, um, and they make it up to the to the bunker and start throwing the bombs in the bunker. And the bunkers catch fire. And here's what one of them says: "Don't shoot! Let them burn!" So that was the feeling. Don't shoot them. Let them burn. So they got into the bunker. They sort of cleared that area. And did you, did you notice the next scene was where they're standing above the German trench now? So it's like they're just shooting fish in a barrel. They're just shooting all the Germans yeah. in, the, in the trench. Yeah. They eventually call for a ceasefire and they're, they're then trying to reassess what happened. Now, that scene on the beach, yeah. Spielberg personally held and operated the camera most of the time for a lot of those shots. Wow. Because it he was did a, it himself. There was a, it was primarily handheld, right? Yes. Because there was a lot of movement to it. Because I think. Again, you go. Do you steady cam this? Do you what? But actually, it add it. Yeah. It, so I'll give you. Need, it, this it is needed a, that handheld. This is a feel. really strange example, yeah. but I watch Formula One as, as you know, yes. many people know, right? And they've got this amazing camera now in Formula One that's actually in the helmet of the driver. They were. It's phenomenal, right? They were. But you cannot watch it for oh, more. It's too for, jittery. It's just it's it's intense, really? right? It's great to see, yeah. but then you got to go off board and do it again. So there was moments in this scene that were just far too jittery, but it added to the. Oh, moment yeah. of it, but Added then to the mayhem. But yeah, then it, it slowed and and yeah. steadied. So I think the the balance of it, the choice of shots, yeah. was, was excellent. This scene on Omaha Beach cost eleven million dollars. Just that scene to shoot oh, that, that sounds unders to me. Yeah. Well, this is nineteen ninety eight, man. Does, it doesn't matter. It's 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 so amazingly yeah. well done. It involved up to a thousand extras. Right. Some of them were actually members of the Irish Army because <laughs> they shot this. In a site south of Ireland, in an area called Curraclough, so right. near near Ireland. There. Next thing we see is Miller on the phone talking about the situation. Sugar cane, sugar Charlie three. Say again. Dog one is open. Send in the dog. I'm waiting here to tie in my flanks. Open. They were a couple of Germans trying to surrender. Did you hear the soldier say, I'm sorry, I can't hear, understand what you're saying. They shot mm-hmm. him. Yep. They were trying to surrender. Now, did you find this interesting? Horvath had a tin 
and was putting dirt in it. Here's why I found it interesting. Yeah. Because when he puts it in he's his like bag and he's collecting dirt from yeah. every place, I'm thinking, mate, that's carrying dead weight. What are you doing? Because like, <laughs> well, that's got to be the dirt. worst part of being yeah. a soldier is the amount of stuff you've got to carry. Maybe. And this bloke's carrying a kilo of bloody dirt around. Well, he won, that tin says France, but then he puts it in a bag next to other tins that are yeah. marked Italy, Africa and Africa. Italy. Yeah. yeah. So Miller's hand's still shaking. That's kind of a – you see that happen a few times. And you uh, you see a lot of the, the the whole sort of panning across the beach, a lot of the dead soldiers on the beach. Yeah. Did you like this bit, though, where the camera's panning across the bodies and then sort of comes in, in close on one. on one body and the backpack reads Ryan, Ryan S. Yeah. And I'm thinking, mate, you haven't saved him. Well, He's that's, dead. That, that's a Ryan, not the Ryan. I know, but, but as yeah, a viewer, yeah. you're thinking, yeah. wait a minute, <laughs> what? Saving. We've lost him already. It's 10 minutes this in. This story is going downhill <laughs> fast. Well, the Omaha Beach battle was filmed in sequence over a four-week period. So they had, they had four weeks they shot that. They moved the action up the beach shot by shot and day by day. So as they progressed, that's how they shot it. So they started in the water, then moved up the beach a bit and so on until they got to the end bit. And apparently Spielberg says they didn't storyboard anything. You know, in some films yeah. where they storyboard, they write, we want a shot like this, angle like this. He didn't want to storyboard anything, wanted to be in the moment. And apparently, and this is pretty obvious when you look at it, 40 barrels of fake blood were used in the opening. I was going to say... 40 um, barrels. There's something terribly impressive about the fact that... Yeah. The blood marked the beach, so yeah. it wasn't just the water lapping up that was red, but was there was red. there was there was trails of blood on the beach, yeah. because it would be yeah, that many absolutely. people died that well, much that much real. gore. It, it was, was real. real, and the it was interesting. I'm glad you said that because yeah. the the water at some part you're thinking, oh, it's a bit you know, it's a bit diluted. It looked like real blood, and then there was another moment where it lapped up, and I went, oh my god, that yeah. it really like does thick look real, and dark red. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next thing we see is the war office and a whole scene of all these secretaries writing letters which are obviously informing families of lost loved ones. Dear Mr. Brian Boyd, no doubt by now you have received full information Dear Mrs. about Johnson. the untimely death of your son. No Adam. words of mine can ever relieve the grief that you have felt his loss tremendously. He was a fine soldier and he believed very strongly in what It's no secret anymore that we were involved in one of the most important operations of this war. Hal was the one who held us all together. He was always the first to volunteer. We came to a clearing near a road where over 4,000 troops attacked. Your husband served in a combat unit whose dangerous duty is to place itself in which we all cherish and hold so dear. The loss of Lee and others like him is a distinct blow to the I fully understand your desire. That was a really good device how they did that, where you're seeing, you're thinking, I wonder what they're typing out. So the, the voiceovers of the yeah. letters being that it was, sent out. It was a really well done yeah. scene because it, it created um, a, a lot of emotion because you're like, okay, here's... Yeah. There's a know, whole office full of people writing letters. You can't just write a letter that says such and such is dead, we're sorry for your loss. You have to put uh, some emotion into There's it. some context. Because most there. likely... You think about it, those letters get kept forever. That's yeah. a thing. That's a that's one of the memories. But then I love this where this woman, she's just typed a letter and she's gone, hang on a minute, I recognise this name. Yeah. Well, you, I'm, I'm prefacing because you know, that's what's essentially what happens. But yeah. she's recognising something. Yeah, there's a and, similarity and, that she notices. She, she takes his two letters yeah. and then she goes to another lady's folder, doesn't she? And she yes. picks up something out of her folder and she's now got three letters. That she's noticed yeah. something with, and she goes into a couple offices. She goes to into raise an office that first, yeah. And I like how you don't hear what they say. You're no, thinking, well, hang on, that what's was, happening? You're sort yes. of the, so it's you're sort of looking in. So something's happens here. There's some yep. irregularity, but then 
the person in that office takes it into the colonel. Colonel, I've got something you should know about. Yes. These two men died in Normandy. This one in Omaha Beach. Sean Ryan. This man at Utah. Peter Ryan. This man was killed last week in New Guinea. Daniel Ryan. The three men are brothers, sir. I've just learned that this afternoon their mother's going to be getting all three telegrams. That's not all. There's a fourth brother, the youngest. He parachuted in with the 101st Airborne night before the invasion. He's somewhere in Normandy. We don't know where. Is he alive? We don't know. So that's kind of, we know the deal there with the Ryans. The other mm. S Ryan we saw on Omaha Beach was mentioned we just We now then. know who that's who um, he is, yeah. And the next, this other scene, again, not a line spoken, but you, this old woman washing yeah. the dishes on a homestead, cars coming up the driveway, a military guy in a military uniform steps out, like a, and opens a, a reverend the door steps for a out. Reverend and then she collapses she on the She just sits hard on the porch. ground thinking, my God, what's happened here? And it's, it's again, you got to love this about, and whether it's Spielberg or whether it's whoever it is that comes up with that moment of idea of going, we don't need to script this because yeah. it's going to be obvious that we're, we're going from a normal life, washing the dishes, you know, very housewifey in that, that era, um, normal life to just devastation by simply see, seeing two people walk to the door. That, that's yeah. such a powerful thing that's done with pictures with, and pictures with, alone. With no, yeah. Well, less is more, I think, in this yeah. case. In the next scene, it's the Army Chief of Staff and they're talking now to the General and they're talking about where Private Ryan could be. All four of them were in the same company in the 29th Division, but we split them up after the Sullivan brothers died on the Juno. Any uh, contact with the fourth son, James? No, sir. He was dropped about 15 miles inland near Newville, but that's still deep behind German now, lines. Mac, there is no way you can know where in the hell he was dropped. General, first reports out of Ike's people at Shafe said the 101st is scattered all to hell and gone. There's misdrops all over Normandy. Now, assuming Private Ryan even survived the jump, he could be anywhere. In fact, he's probably KIA. And frankly, sir, we go sending some sort of rescue mission, flat-hatting throughout swarms of German reinforcements all along our axis of advance. They're going to be KIA, too. He makes a good point. He does. Yeah, well, it's... He mentioned there was a case of the Sullivan brothers with yeah. this. But here's what I like. He, he goes back to his desk and he pulls out and reads this letter. Dear Madam, I have been shown in the files of the War Department a statement of the Adjutant General of Massachusetts that you are the mother of five sons who have died gloriously on the field of battle. I feel how weak and fruitless must be any words of mine that would attempt to beguile you from the grief of a loss so overwhelming. But I cannot refrain from tendering to you the consolation that may be found in the thanks of the Republic they died to save. <clears throat> I pray that our Heavenly Father may assuage the anguish of your bereavement and leave you only the cherished memory of the loved and lost. The solemn pride that must be yours to have laid so costly a sacrifice upon the altar of freedom. Yours very sincerely and respectfully, Abraham Lincoln. 
My word. So it was Abraham Lord. Lincoln had written that during the Civil War. Is that a true thing? It was. They they say in since since this, there was proof that maybe that was wasn't the case where there wasn't they didn't all die, but that was letter he wrote to to that family. Right. So it's the a genuine letter. The letter was real. The facts behind the the letter are in question. <laughs> yeah, but that that's something. And, and I think after that he said, look. If the boy's alive, we're going to send someone to find him. Simple as that. And uh, get him the hell out of there. Back to Omaha Beach and the troop movement has started. John Miller is checking in. He's saying Sector 4 is secure. They're explaining their situation report, also known as SITREP. Did you know that? Yeah, absolutely. And they're saying, look, here, uh, they're finding out they've got another tough assignment and this one's coming straight from the top. I are taking a squad over to Newville on a public relations mission. Boy, you leaving a squad? Some private in the 101st lost three brothers and he's got a ticket home. How come Newville? Yeah, I think he's up there somewhere, part of all those airborne misdrops. It's not going to be easy finding one particular soldier in the middle of this whole goddamn road. Right in a needle in the stack of needles. So, Great line, yeah. needle in the stack of stack needles. Of needles. Yeah, yeah, that's a cracker. But he re- he realized, he then says to Horvath, he says, right, just pick the pick the... The best of the bunch, yep. bring him with us. Yep. He needs to find someone who, because his interpreter was killed in the, in the beach battle. Yeah, he needs someone who can speak the local language. He needs someone who can speak French and German. And he sees, we see for the first time our young Upham, who uh, can speak French and German. And it's very funny what he says uh, to the captain. So there are German there are artillery in here, sir. I understand, Corporal. So there are, there are a lot of Germans in the village. you have a problem with that, Corporal? No, sir. Just if you consider I've never been in combat, sir. I make maps and I translate. And that's... I need someone who speaks French and German. Yes, sir. My two guys were killed. Yes, sir. It's just that I've never, I haven't held a weapon since basic training, sir. Did you fire the weapon in basic training? Yes, sir. Well, then get your gear. Yes, sir. Yeah. This, this was quite funny when he grabbed his gear. He grabbed his he typewriter. Grabbed, he grabbed he had his typewriter. Like, Can I bring a typewriter? <laughs> what are you going to do with that? He grabs and all he, his gear and even yeah. uh, Miller says, listen, mate, you don't need any of this. Yeah, leave all that behind. Leave it all behind. And he even had his – he left the typewriter behind, but he had the typewriter Couple in a case. case. <laughs> <laughs> so he was uh, all over the shop. Uh, that guy, where do we know him from? He was in – oh, he's been in a number of movies. He was in a recent movie called The, uh, the Black Phone. Okay. Really good movie with Ethan yeah. Hawke. Yeah. I've seen him a bit, that's all. Yeah. Um, so they're moving out. Uh, you see the ships are starting to land now with the mm. tanks and the trucks. So I think it was a beautiful shot of the ocean. You see all the ships that yep. are out at sea. But they're marching across the fields. Upham's trying to get to know the troops. Did you like it when you tap the bloke on the shot? He goes, what are you doing? What are you he goes, you get your head shot off. Leave your <laughs> and, crab and then claws away from and me. And then he's holding his gun and they're like, yeah, dude, dude, move just your gun away. what so are you doing? He's immediately this un, this unexperienced, inexperienced see, outsider. This is, again, this is that great thing we mentioned earlier about how do you make a war movie, right? You've got war. But then you got this story, and but there's all these other stories, and, and Upham yeah. is one of those. It's this story arc where you yeah. know he goes from being this absolutely I'm yeah. not going to translator get involved, and don't know maps. anyone, completely pushed out, and, and you follow his journey through yeah. the whole movie. That's true, as well. I like yeah, that absolutely. Yeah, I think well, you follow all their journeys in this case. You get to absolutely, know. Yeah, I like yeah. how you get to know their personalities a little bit. Yes, and there's a lot of good banter between them as well. I think I like it when um, one of the I think it's Carpazzo, which is Vin Diesel. He says, every time you salute the captain, you're making him a target, you idiot. Don't do that. And he goes, then don't do it near me either. Like, <laughs> don't do what I'm standing next to him. But then uh, we hear one of them speak up asking about the logic of this mission. You want to explain the math of this to me? I mean, where's the sense of risking the lives of the eight of us to save one guy? 20 degrees. Anybody want to answer that? Drive it. 
Think about the poor bastard's mother. Hey, Doc, I got a mother, all right? I mean, you got a mother. Sarge has got a mother. I mean, shit, I bet even the captain's got a mother. Well, maybe not the captain, but the rest of us got mothers. There's not a reason why there's but to do and die. What the fuck is that supposed to mean, Corporal, huh? We're all supposed to die, is that it? Papa's talking about our duty as soldiers. Yes, sir. We all have orders and we have to follow them. That supersedes everything, including your mothers. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Even if you think the mission's foobar, sir? Especially if you think the mission's foobar. What's foobar? Oh, it's German. Never heard of that. I do like in the scene just before this where they say to to up him, ask where the captain where he's from. Yeah, yeah, Get to yeah. know him. No one knows. Yeah, so he's, no that's one the knows. mystery, yeah. Yeah. The next thing we see, they come up to this French town. It's raining. When they arrive, the squad thinks they're being relieved. You guys decide to sore eyes. Dr. Hiller, relief showed up. How many are you? Just eight of us. We're not your relief. Huh. Sorry. Relief. What do you mean, sir? We're here for a private Ryan. Who? Ryan? What for? Is he here? Well, I don't know. Maybe with a mixed unit on the other side of town. Uh-huh. It's hard to get to. The Germans punched a hole in our center a few hours ago. They cut us right in two. So they, they've come to the first village uh, since their march. And that's our man, Paul Giamatti, talking yes. as well. So he's a captain. He's one of their leaders saying, look, you need to go. They've cut The Germans have cut the town in half. You probably need to go to the other side to see if you can find Ryan. Uh, in the meantime, they I think they send a runner. They send a runner to yeah. um, to find out any more information. Who gets annihilated. And he gets shot straight away, yep. yeah. Um, but then the... Um, they, they come across this French family. So you see this devis, this sort of smashed up house, and it's obviously this family's house. Mm. And they're saying to him, yeah, here, take our children. The take dad children. is saying, yeah, take our take children. Our, and and Capazzo grabs one. He goes, what are yeah. you doing, you idiot? Give them back. Goes, we can't do this. Yeah. And in the meantime, in, in all this kerfuffle, Capazzo gets shot. Remember, there's a sniper. I think they heard, he goes, one of them said, well, he was wounded before you even heard the shot, which means that, he shot from far away. You know this. You know how. You know when you're at the cricket, when you hear, yeah. you hear, you yep. see the ball before you hear yep. it. Light and sound so, travel at different yeah. speeds. So he saw. He got shot before you could hear this. He got shot before you could hear it. Means a sniper. So they're staying there trying to wait, and then our man uh, Jackson gets out his sniper rifle, and Capazzo's sort of trying to. He, 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 I think he had a letter in his hand, and he's, yep. he's worried. The sniper. They're all telling him to stay down. Yeah, just so stay the still. Everyone stay keeping the undercover, and. You see, Jackson this is really well shot because yeah. Jackson's got him lined up. They keep coming back to Capazzo. They go to the sniper. They show, show through the eye, through the, the 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 sight of the of the sniper. Yeah. They even show the sniper point at Capazzo and then move around. And you, it's very tensely shot and yeah. edited because you think, hang on, he's about to shoot him before he shoots yeah. him. And but in the end, but Jackson now what gets you the what shot. you see is that you see him focusing on Jackson, and you see the flash of his muzzle. So in other words, he shot at him, yeah. and he gets shot through the scope and into, the, into yeah, his eye. Right, like, wow, it's just bullseye. So unfortunately, Capazzo he dies. Yeah, and I think one of them, I think it was um, the Ed Burns, Ed Burns, who he was playing. He, he he looks down at the body and says, "Fuck Ryan!" Like another you know, look, what you made us do. Look yeah. what we're doing for you. Because this is their whole yeah. thing. There's eight of us looking for one guy, and we're putting our lives on the line for a kid. Now, what added to the realism here? Yeah. Was you know when you see you know someone fires a bullet and you see the the soldier being shot, right. the special effects team rigged every actor's rifle with special sensors, 
So when the sensor sent a signal, that would explode the squib on the other person. So say I'm, you and I are in this scene and I've got the gun and you're in the distance. Once I press my my trigger, that activates the sensor so that it would look like I've shot you. So the squib would go off at that precise time. Right. So to, to, to make it look a little bit more realistic. So to sort of bet the, the, the more realistic impact between the shooter and right. the target. Yeah. It is... So well done. Oh, it's remarkable. Well, I, remarkable. I can't. Yeah. I would love to spend a day understanding how the hell they do this, those this things. It's good. Uh, if you, if you, I've got the disc and I've watched all the behind the scenes stuff. This is just incredible interviews and uh, a lot, lot of special features on how they created the sort of they made it like okay. was exactly re- replicated what happened in World War Two. Uh, anyway, they're back in the square. Uh, they're watching out for snipers. Oh, this here's, is here's a bit where our man Giamatti he sits down, yeah. knocks over a big like beam, big wooden beam, a big wooden beam, which kind of taps the wall, and yeah. a whole brick wall falls down and exposes <laughs> a German buddy troop, whole German team, and there's a big standoff. They're all saying in their own languages, "Drop your weapon, drop your weapon," and then from up above. There was a team with just the machine other half, guns. I think yeah. it's the other half of the of the Allied forces yeah, that just they went, were going to meet up with. Just just mowed them all down. Um, anyway, we next the next cameo we see here is our man Ted Danson, and he says we're looking for Private Ryan. And Ted's like, well, and I he said, yeah, Ryan. okay, get Ryan up here. You think, oh wow, well, we found him. So young Ryan this movie comes is meant up. To be yeah. Long. yeah. <laughs> Ryan comes up and I think um, Miller says, take an E, son. He's like, I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, your brothers are all dead. Yeah. And he breaks down. He's What's thinking, oh, What's really God. interesting is, I'll be yeah. honest with you, I knew from the get go this that wasn't, it wasn't him. him. Mm. Well, we find out that it isn't him. <laughs> how, how did they die? They were killed in action. I can't be. I can't be. My brother's still in grammar school. <laughs> You're James Ryan. Yeah. James Francis Ryan from Iowa. James Frederick Ryan, Minnesota. Frederick. <laughs> did you like after this? He goes, uh, my, uh, my brother's, brother's still, are, are they still, still alive? Okay? Yeah. Maybe did you get your information yeah. wrong and I'm right? Yeah. <laughs> he was all over the shop. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that, was a, that was a big foul up. I and, mean, uh, you know, yeah. it is America, so they are in grammar school. There is a chance. So I love I love this bit. There's a, a moment where he's talking to Baker Company. <laughs> and, <laughs> this uh, is a great line. And our, uh, our man uh, Miller asks our man Ted Danson. My man are beat. We're going to hold up here about three hours. We'll pull out after dark. Got anything left in this town like a three-star hotel? Something with clean sheets and... Soft pillows and room service. I'm at a nice, comfy church. <laughs> and that's church exactly where they go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly where they go. And in the church, again, you see, I think uh, you see his handshaking and Horvath says, he goes, you know what, I don't think this line of work agrees with you. You might have to look for another line of work. <laughs> and I like this bit here too where the medic guy, he's played by Giovanni Ribisi, right. he's got the bloody letter, literally blood on it, yep. rewriting it on a clean piece of paper to send back to his family. I was thinking about that. I thought about that a lot. It's like yeah. they would know it's not his handwriting though. But that, what would you rather have, the blood on it? I think so. Yeah, I don't think so. He, he was just the sentiment he wanted to relay back to the family. Yeah, I don't know. No, I, I would have done that. I would have done that. If, yeah. you, if that was your letter and you were dead, <laughs> I'd be rewriting it in my handwriting. Just because I can't play Call of Duty doesn't mean you're rewriting my letters for me, all right? Call of Duty. Keep that in mind. I've got something about Call of Duty later. 
But I think the conversation turns here between Horvath and Miller about, you know, trying to rationalise the whole thing about, you know, people dying under your watch. When you end up killing one of your men, you you tell yourself it happened so you could save the lives of two or three or ten others, maybe a hundred others. Do you know how many men I've lost under my command? How many? Ninety-four. But that means I've saved the lives of ten times that many, doesn't it? Maybe even 20, right? 20 times as many. And that's how simple it is. That's how you... That's how you rationalize making the choice between the mission and the men. Except this time the mission is man. You're correct. This time the mission is a man. It's a good piece. That, that little scene is quite good because, again, that goes to the audio, Oscar. It's... Mm. It's in, it's in a church. There's the, it, you've got to be able to hear him talking, but it's also got to be conveyed as whispering because yeah. why would they be having this discussion in front of the other blokes? So there's some yeah. good parts about that that I think are very well executed. But another light-hearted moment here where Upham asks the captain where he's from. Mm. And he, I think the captain replies, what's the pool up to on that? Because he knows there's a bet going around. Yeah. Anyway, the next morning they come across these wreckage of all these crashed planes and all these wounded men. Looking for Ryan, and the guy explains to um, to Ryan to Miller's men that the plane was built with these metal protections for. There's like a general on board. Yeah, so rather than just carrying troops, it was carrying a a little jeep with a general in it. So they put they welded on metal an an extra layer of metal so that he couldn't be shot, and that completely ruined the aerodynamics and the weight of the plane, and that's why it couldn't couldn't fly normal. And he was saying, yeah, it just could not came down like a meteor. It was just too heavy. And they said, what, all that for a general? Yeah. Killed a lot of men. Now, this is also where they're – I love that Upham, Upham is looking through his dictionary. He goes, FUBAR, not, not in there. I can't, yeah, I can't no. find it. Um, and they're also looking through – they're trying to find Ryan, of course. And they says, look, here are the, the – the captain, the guy that explained about the plane hands over a bag of dog tags. He goes, look, look through here. Mm. He could be part of this bunch. And, and this, is, this is a strange scene because they're sitting around a table looking at dog tags, throwing them around, waiting – Trying yeah. to read, trying to find Ryan's name so they know he's dead and they can move on. Yep. Um, and the, this is one of those moments where you create emotion in the character where you have yeah. the guy come over and go, listen, you've got an airborne there, there's um, walking soldiers past, walking yeah. past and you're just, you look like you're playing cards with dog tags. Yeah, Knock it off. That's true. I think it's a really nice little sentiment. But also Miller gets frustrated. He starts he starts yelling out, does anyone know Ryan? Anyone know? And um, they hear, he goes, yeah, we know, we know Ryan. He goes, they said, "Well, bring bring him up here. See uh, see what we can find out." And then this guy turns up, and he, I think he's he's can hardly hear. I think a grenade went off next yeah. to his ear. Yeah. You know Private Ryan? Who? <laughs> Private Ryan, James Ryan, Jimmy Ryan, James, James Francis Ryan. No, 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 James Francis Ryan. <laughs> All right, give me a pencil. Something to write on. Something to write on. Some quick, quick, come on, a pencil. Write this down. James Francis Ryan, question mark, Iowa, question mark. Do do you know him? Does he know him? Read the message, look. Yeah, of course I know him, sir. Does he know where he is?
Yeah, yeah, we missed our drop zone by about 20 miles. Ended up way over by a bumville or some damn place. Him, me, and a couple other guys were coming here to the rally point. Ran into a colonel who was gathering up men to go to, uh, Ramel. Ramel. To babysit a bridge. That's the last I seen of him, great, sir. Great, great. Th thank you, thank you. Right, thank you. Read, read, and thank you. <laughs> so here we establish that Ramel is possibly where Ryan yep. could be. And they explain that he says to them to babysit a bridge. Mm. Now we understand now why that's important. Ramel is on the Meredith River right here, just to the southwest of us. You know anything about this bridge you was talking about, Cap? Yep. The target has always been Cherbourg. We can't push on Paris until we take a deep water port, and Rommel knows that. So he's going to try to get his armor across the Meredith River anywhere he can. Way he can hit our invasion forces to the flank when we make the big right turn to Cherbourg. That makes any village on that river with an intact bridge solid gold real estate. So we know why the bridge is important, and yeah. in this case, Ramel is important. Uh, we're marching off again, and they, they're seeing more dead soldiers on the road. They also see something that looks like an antenna. I thought, mm -hmm. oh, hang on, it's a drive in movie screen. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I thought it looks like but a drive in it's theater. It's actually some sort of antenna. And we see a sandbagged bunker and a machine gun, and they're saying, "Look, why don't we just go around here? Let's let's go." Yeah, and a couple I think of Miller think, Miller's response is, yeah, "What? So is it, they, they can ambush the next company? Yes, mm. come on, let's let's do what we can do here." There's a bunker there. Yeah, that's a threat. Yeah. Why don't we just walk around? And it, like, I guess this is that challenge where you end up siding with different people in this movie. But like, why would you take on an opposition when you don't want to clear it out? You want to yeah. clear it out. I guess it goes to For the era, colleagues, right? Yeah. Because in the modern age, you might just mark that on a map, in a digital yeah. map, and it'll get taken out by a Maybe. stealth fighter. But, you know, back then, you're right. Uh, Hanks's character Miller is right. If if they leave them there, yeah. they're just going to be stronger for the next people who do come in. So the, he said, look, we need three runners with suppressing fire. Then we can hit them from grenade range. So they've got to get up close to them. And then they begin the attack. And they, did you like this? There's all these dead cows in the fields and they're taking cover behind the dead cows. Oh, up and watching everything happening through a scope. Of course, he's not up there with them. Um, you see the medic wounded. Did you see this guy, Giovanni Rabisi's character? Yeah. He's wounded he's on the ground. A solid he's number of wounds few, as well. A few gunshot wounds and they're trying to treat him. He says, oh, I could use a little morphine. They grab these little caps and put little in his legs. Little caps of morphine, yeah. And... and um, he says, look, oh, I want to go home, and then he, he unfortunately dies in their arms. And again, yeah. the, this is another one where they he's, he calls for his mum as yeah. he dies, Yeah, which, again, they happened home, earlier they, on the yeah, beach. Yeah, they miss home. Yeah. And also, the he's guy, been triple morphine. They basically yeah, euthanized maybe, him, right? Maybe, yeah. That's essentially what happened there yeah. was because, you know, they didn't – one of the guy actually administering the morphine is like, you know, he shook his head and said, what are you – yeah. We're just killing him here, but that's what he wanted. Yeah, he, he asked for morphine, pain, yeah. knowing full well that what he meant was, "Can you just take yeah. me, take me out of my misery?" Ah, uh, yeah, he um, he dies, and they grab the surviving German. Remember, there was one German, and then Miller says, "Make him dig the grave." Yeah, they're about to kill him. Yeah, because they've done it before, and Miller's like, "Nah, actually, make him dig the graves." Yeah, and Upham um, is offering him water as he's digging, so Upham is kind of. Friendly with him, he has this yeah. emotional connection. Yeah, not in a you know friendly way, but just in a human spirit way. Yeah. He's like you know this guy, you know mm. he, he's. I love I love how Miller sort of broke away from the group and sort of breaks down and cries really yeah, hard. Yeah, he yeah. sort of 
He's, uh, he didn't want to seem that he didn't want his troops to seem emotional. See, and it's a weird one because again, I watched this scene and thought, it, at, at, if you looked at it independently, you'd go, it's not a very good piece of acting the way he cried and everything. But actually, it's brilliantly done because he's hiding the emotion. Yeah. He's, he, you know, when you're when you're bawling your eyes out, it's quite loud. Mm. When you try and suppress that, yeah. it has this weird sound to it, and I think that's what he conveyed yeah, perfectly. He did. There, he did. Is that how you cry? Absolutely, sleep, mate. mate. Is that how you do it? Yep. <laughs> Normally. Yeah. Five nights out of seven. So, <laughs> but we see Upham smoking now with the German. Uh, he starts digging again. And then, then they're all standing up above him and he sort of sees the writing on the wall here and he says, I love America. And I think he even says, fuck Hitler. Yeah, fuck Hitler, yeah. And he goes, he sings oh, the Betty, National Betty Boo, what a dish. He's trying to <laughs> show him he loves America. Yeah, he sings Sparta Star Singing yeah, Twinkle Banner, but doesn't know the oh, words. No, oh, say can you <laughs> see? Oh, say can, can you see? see? Yeah, so he's thinking, look, I'm desperate here. Um but he he even says he's sorry about Wade. Wade yeah. is the guy who died. But what Miller decides is, you know what? We're not going to kill him. Tell him to march a thousand paces in that direction. Then he can take off the blindfold. Yes, we'll be gone. And he turns himself into the first Allied patrol he comes across. You got to be kidding me. We'll let him go. He's a POW, Ryben. Can't take him with us. So Ryben. They're not happy. Uh, Ed Burns. Ed Burns plays Ryben. Right. He was. He blew up at the captain. I'm thinking he can't yell at the captain like that. Did you? I'm thinking, uh, come on. I mean, but then Horvath sort of Horvath comes in. Reuben says, "You know what? I'm done. I'm out. You can go stick this, whatever." Then Horvath comes over, who's obviously because Horvath is like Miller's the captain. Horvath is the sergeant. Is the sergeant. Reuben's yes. under him, so he says to him, "I'm out." Sir, don't you walk away from your captain, Reuben? Get back in line. Oh, sir. I'll spend the rest of my life in the stockade if I have to, but I'm done with this. I'm not going to ask you again, soldier. Captain! Uh, this is bullshit. Fall in. <laughs> you going to shoot me over, Ryan? No, I'm going to shoot you because I don't like you. Sir, Sir listen. So if he wants to go, just let track. him go. Are you going to shoot me? Are you letting this happen? <laughs> Captain! You see this? Captain. Sir. Sir, Ryan's dead. Bullshit. So we have a situation. This is bullshit. Captain, I have a sixth sense about these things. I know it in my bones. He's going to kill that son of a bitch crap. Now you're going to shoot me. Huh? He's better than you. Then why don't you just do it, Sarge? Do it, man. Put one in my leg and give me that million I'm going to shoot you in your big goddamn mouth. Well, put your money where your mouth is and do it then. Do it. Pull the trigger already. Captain, please. So that's little scene. That was Tom Sizemore. He goes, you don't know. He goes, you don't know when to shut up. You don't know how to shut up. That little scene there, Tom Sizemore wrote himself. Really? That little standoff scene between him and Ryben. Hmm. He wrote it and uh, and and Spielberg said, yeah, go with it. But then, you know what? It's funny, the reaction to – remember, they're all yelling around the captain and he was his reaction. Yeah. What's waiting. the pool on me up to right now? What, what, what's it up to? Wait, what is it? Uh, $300? Is that it? $300? i am a school teacher. I teach English composition. Hmm. This little town called Adley, Pennsylvania. It's, uh, in the last 11 years, I've been at Thomas Alva Edison High School. I was a coach of the baseball team in the springtime. Back home, and I tell people what I do for a living, and they think, well, now that figures. But over here, it's uh, a big... Big mystery. So I guess I've changed some. Sometimes I wonder if I've changed so much, my wife is even going to recognize me whenever it is I get back to her. 
and how I'll ever be able to to tell her about days like today. So that envied, he sort of broke down a little bit, you know. He yeah. was, he, and the it's the first time you realise he's a family man. He's, he's yeah, got a he's, wife he's a teacher. at home. He's, yeah. he's just an average Joe. Yeah. And because you kind of forget that sometimes when you're watching a war movie, you think these are soldiers, right? But yeah. but back in the world, world, they're real this people. Was, this yeah, was yeah. just drafting yeah. conscription. That was how exactly people right. became soldiers. Exactly right. That apparently mm. in, in the original script, that speech he gives then was a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And so he said, look, it wouldn't it wouldn't be really his character who would say much more about himself. He told the director, Spielberg agreed, and the speech was shortened. It was right. probably way longer. Oh, wow. He goes, no, less is more here. Um, so he says, look, if I've got to go find Ryan and if that gives me a way to get back to my wife, then that's my mission. He comes back over to Ryben, though, and uh, and tells him something. All right. All right, I won't stop you. I'll even put in the paperwork. I just know that every man I kill, the farther away from home I feel. That is a great line. Really, I actually expected you'd put that at the end of this podcast yeah. because there's probably so I many other great lines. I could have put 50 others yeah. there. But that's, that, that's, a, yeah. that's a really poignant thing to say because yeah. it again makes the point that, you know, if you, I don't know, you grow up wanting to be in the army, you go go to training, you go into battles, uh, not that they don't have respect for what they're doing and, and the mm. lives they're taking yeah. potentially, but it's very different to a school teacher, yeah. you know, taking war, a life. War changes you. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Anyway, the march continues. They, they take cover. But here, how about this part, right, where they take cover and this German armoured vehicle drives by and then from out of nowhere, the vehicle's fired upon, blows up. Oh. They kill the surviving Germans. And then they, out of nowhere, this recon unit with a bazooka Massive. turns up. And then they start introducing themselves. Captain Miller, Charlie Company, 2nd Rangers. Corporal Henderson, Easy Company, 501st. Ryan, 1st and 506. Gypsy Tommy, 3rd and 506. James Francis, Ryan. Yes, sir. How'd you guess that? <laughs> what, are, what are the chances? Yeah. What are the chances? Yeah. It, well, the, my, so my favourite part about that is um, he he doesn't, Miller doesn't, when he says Private Ryan, he doesn't just say, whoa, whoa, whoa. He, he kind of takes just a, an extra second yeah. enough for the other guy to introduce himself before he's like, wait, are you such and she such? He says James, because he doesn't want to say, must make the same mistake as before. No, that's right. James yeah. Francis Ryan from Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> How did you know that? Yeah, so there you go. Well, they head over to the town, and which we're assuming is Ramel, and... They're saying that they're here for Ryan. And Miller goes over and uh, has a chat with our man Ryan. James Francis, Ryan of Iowa. Yes, sir. Uh, Peyton, Iowa. That's correct. What, what is this about? Your brothers were killed in combat. Which, which ones? So this is an emotional scene here where, you know, he said, oh, what, you came all the way out here to tell me that? He goes, no, son, you're going home. But his initial reaction, he's he's not saying, okay, let's go. He he has other things to say. I have my orders too, sir. They don't include me abandoning my post. I understand that, but this changes things. I don't see that it does, sir. The chief of staff for the United States Army says it does. 
Sir, our orders are to hold this bridge at all costs. Our planes in the 82nd have taken out every bridge across the Murderette with the exception of two, one at Valone and this one here. We let the Germans take it. We're going to lose our foothold and have to displace. Private, your outfit wants to stay. That's one thing. I can't, but your party's I, over here. Sir, I can't leave until at least reinforcements You got here. three minutes to gather your gear. Sir, what about them? I mean, there's barely hardly hey, enough of this. <laughs> two of our guys already died trying to find you, all right? So there's tension already That's, here. And again... This, I think this is the scene that makes you think the most. Yeah. Right? Because so, yeah, you're you, thinking, okay, I've, I'm Ryan. Yeah. What do I do? Oh, I'm out. Like, but he thought, no, I guess I've got to stay. Like, yeah. you're already there. What are you going to look yeah. What What's See, you've got to have the mental maturity to go, okay, A, I'm here to fight. I'm going to stay. B, I've lost my brothers. I need to be with my mum. Yeah. C, the thing that I think is most interesting is, Thinking that, what what about the rest of my crew? Yeah. And I wonder whether in that moment you might think, what are they going to say about me when I when they go home? Are they going to say he deserted us, yeah, or are they going to say no. I'm glad he went home because he had three dead brothers? Well, I mean, it's so much to think about. He doesn't want to. Do, he doesn't want to leave his team behind. He's, no. he's obviously formed a bond with these blokes during yeah. the war. Doesn't want to leave him behind. But Miller continues arguing the case. It doesn't make any sense, sir. Why? Why? Why do I deserve to go? Why not any of these guys? They all fought just as hard as me. Is that what they're supposed to tell your mother? Hmm. When they send her another folded American flag? Wow. So, oh. but I way think, to make it, way to yeah. kick him in the guts to make sure that yeah. he's thinking about this fully, which is essentially what Miller does here. Hmm. He, sa- he, he gives him every barrel of, of thought. He gives him the emotion of his thinking about his yeah. mother thinking about everyone else, you know, the other other guy from this pack yeah. explaining that people died. And by the way, the first thing he, he did when that guy said, you know, two of our blokes died, he walked over yeah. and just, what were their names? Yeah. Which, again, is massive maturity. Well, that that means he cares, doesn't it? Yeah. He wants to know their names. Yeah. But we, uh, he says, well, there's no way I'm leaving. And then as Horvath and Miller are walking back over the bridge, they're, they're, having, they're sort of philosophizing over this whole thing themselves. <laughs> Part of me thinks the kid's right. What's he done to deserve this? He wants to stay here, fine. Let's leave him and go home. Yeah. But another part of me thinks, what if by some miracle we stay and actually make it out of here? Someday we might look back on this and decide that saving Private Ryan was the one decent thing we were able to pull out of this hole God awful shitty mess. Mm. And he said the name of the movie, which I really liked. As well. <laughs> so at this point, they're going through all their weapons. They uh, they draw up the main road. They say, look, we need to create a bottleneck to force them down up here, down well, this street. When you first see this scene, you're yeah. thinking, oh, they've got heaps of weapons. And then they yeah. kind of count out and you go, actually, no, not, they don't. Not they a don't lot, have yeah. a lot. Jackson's up in the bell tower, of course. Yeah. And he says, look, how the hell do we stop a tank? Then Miller explains. He goes, "You hit him with a sticky bomb." He goes, "And they're like, like 'I've well, never heard of that because it's in the field manual.'" And they're like, oh, "We just happened to run out yes, of field manual." Let manuals. me just go grab my field manual. But he explains it. Yeah. He so basically, the bomb it's a bomb. So put in a sock and you dip the sock in in oil, oil grease in grease, and then that that's what sticks to the. Tracks. And he goes, "It's a bomb. Yeah. That's sticky. A sticky yeah. bomb." So the the object the objective it, you know? was to to disable the tracks yes. of the tank. So they're just sitting there because the tank is strong enough to withstand oh, explosions yeah. on their own, but. Yep. The tracks are probably the most vulnerable part of a tank. 
So they're, they're making the sticky bombs, setting up the sniper nest in their shooting positions. They're laying the mines. I like this bit where Ryan explains, he goes, this is the Alamo. He says, if they push us back over this point, any, any the last man alive has to blow the bridge. Yeah. If we get forced back here, they can't have the bridge. So that was you keep that in mind for later. Yeah. Mellish then also tells Upham, he goes, mate, you need to be Johnny on the spot with his ammo. We're up here firing. You need to be running out supplies yeah. with ammo. So this is also yes. a really nice moment. Again, yeah. it goes to that evolution of Upham yes. and his character and his character relationship with the others because him and Mellish are, you know, having a conversation. Yeah. Fucked up. Beyond all recognition. Right? Yeah, got that right. Fubar. <laughs> oh, <well. laughs> so they get what Fubar is. He finally finds yeah. out what Fubar is. Fucked up beyond all recognition. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good. Uh, I like this bit where Miller's in like what looks like an abandoned cafe or something. He's, He's trying, trying to get to, water out of a machine. Looks like, like, like trying to make a coffee, coffee machine. <laughs> You'd be desperate for a coffee. They're, uh, they're thinking, who's that singing? It's apparently Edith Piaf album on a gramophone. On a gramophone, yeah. And Upham is actually translating it for the troops because he can understand French. Yes. So he's translating it. And it was very funny, the story that uh, – I haven't got it on audio here, but it was the story where um, Ryben was explaining this the, woman, the woman with the, with the, with big, the bra, big bra. And he said, no, nah, you're a 42D when she was like a 42 triple D. And he said, look, she could see that I had a, a heart on the size of the Statue of Liberty. And she said, look, you know what? When you go to war and things get tough, remember Think of this, this moment. Think of this moment. <laughs> and you go, whoop, I sure will, baby. So uh, Miller, again, um, I think Ryan's talking to him now and he sees his hand shaking yeah. and he says, you all right, sir? And I think Ryan refers to the fact he says, you know what, I'm, I'm trying to remember my brothers. I can't see their yeah. faces. I can't remember their faces. And he Miller, goes, Miller says you got to put it in specific, context. You think to... specific stories. And he retells the story about the brothers who woke him up and took him to the barn. Towards them, the other One brother. of them pulled an ugly bird. Yeah. And that story was ad-libbed by Matt, Matt Damon. Oh, really? He ad that whole story and about spying, about his, uh, spying on his brothers with the ugly girl in the barn. <laughs> and um, apparently he Spielberg liked it. He says, no, no, yeah, what? That, that's good. It's quirky. We're going to leave it in. So that was just his, <laughs> what he made up. But then in the distance they can hear something. They can hear the rumble. Yeah. It's like the rumble of the yeah. tanks is so they know quite obvious at this moment. Yeah. Something's coming. And it is two Panzer tanks. And I like how, remember, two of them rode off on a motorbike to have to do a bit of recon. The little rabbit. They came back and said, Infantry, fifty plus troops, and there was like how many of them would have been twenty? Yeah. So their the idea was they're they'd outnumbered. go out and they would draw them into town, draw yeah, them into that into street, that, into the thing. And then you the had old mate up in the clock tower. He was yep. kind of giving hand signal information back to Miller. It was uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. It was time to lock and load. Now the siege in the this village of Rommel was filmed in Hatfield on a disused airfield. So it was an old airfield that they built all these wrecked buildings wow. and put put created the set. It was used uh, in an earlier scene, but shot from the other direction. Right, so they yeah. missed. They used it multiple times. Yep, yeah. Yep. But then the battle begins, and Upham is running the ammo. They're all setting up their bombs. The recon's back. They're thinking, did they take the bait? Remember the the tanks approach and actually go down the other street. Yeah. And so they're thinking, what the hell are we doing now? Then they're. One of them then comes down their street. They're waiting, grounds rumbling. They open fire. First sticky bomb. Did you see what happened with the first sticky yep, bomb? He held on. He held on to it too long, yeah. and he just disintegrated. Yeah, he disappeared. Yeah. Uh, then up him. You see him running up ammo back to them up in the in the tank. They, they want to defend the right flank. Um, but then the next guy sticks the bombs on the wheels of the tracks on on the tank. 
and it works. Yeah. So the the tracks are disabled. Did you like this bit where the Molotov cocktails were dropped? Just on dropped the into men? a little yeah. panda, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of action happening here. They're picking off soldiers one at a time. Tanks are starting to fire at the buildings. Mm. Um, and then one of them, I think, puts the grenade in the tank. Do you remember this bit? I think a few of them. So they put them in. But then the Germans get out their 20 millimeter shotgun. That's a big, and big it absolutely bullet. shreds them. You know when they were, you said the scene where this you think is the was moment not realistic. You've seen it too. I have. Yeah. The sort of the headless, head comes off and the body yeah. just drops and it yeah. doesn't look real. It was it was it was pretty graphic. But Jackson's picking them off. Uh, but the bell tower gets blasted. Mm. 20 millimeters hammering them, and they're they're thinking, look, you know what? We need to flank. They got to flank them somehow. Yep. Did you like this bit too where they're throwing grenades they throw and they're them throwing back them back yeah, out yeah, yeah. So they're trying to do that. They're out of ammo. Upham's still trying to get up there for them. The Germans are approaching. They're shooting through the wall. So this, I think they killed one of the soldiers through the wall. They shoot back. But then um, when Mellish, I think, is up in the tower and then a German comes up and it's hand-to-hand combat. They're fighting mm. In, yeah, they're hand to hand trying yeah, to just, wrestle. They're just on the second store, second floor yeah. of a building, and but Upham is down on the staircase, hearing it all happen, and doesn't do anything. Shitting himself, not doing anything. Then they think the the German grabs the knife off Mellish and turns it around and slowly it's presses just, it into yeah. him and kills him. Now, did you have a close look at this when that happened? Not really. When no. Mellish is being stabbed, it's you can tell by his body it was fake. Like he's, it's like that where he got stabbed. Like I think his head was just sticking out of the ground. And he had like a fake chest oh, area. Right, yeah. If you look closely, it doesn't quite line up properly. Okay. His body, if you have a look at it, yeah, I've seen it enough times to think, yeah, not really. Okay. You never picked that up? No, 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 okay. I didn't. I didn't. And I think that, so the thing about Upham here is this goes to that story arc thing where, yeah. you know, he's this nerdy little thing that yeah. becomes a mate and you know, learn, he learns to get to know them. But then you kind of lose faith in him again because he doesn't have the balls to get well, up. And, he's failed like, here, hasn't he? But he also failed. that's... That's what I love about this story yeah. is that it's not just the obvious. Because yeah. the obvious is he comes in and shoots that guy in the head yeah. and saves Mellish from being stabbed to death. Mm. But he doesn't. He Unfortunately, just sits he there. doesn't. But what about what happens? He's on the stairs crying. The German soldier just walks past him, looks at him, and just keeps going. Yeah. Doesn't do anything to him. No. Off he goes. So as the battle's raging on around him, the Germans are obviously, they look like they're in charge here. But did you like this bit where they, they never had the rocket launchers, but they discovered that if you bang the base of the little rockets yeah, Ryan on the ground. Yeah, it's Ryan that discovers it, yeah. They become, they become grenades, yes. yeah. So they were doing that and throwing them back to them. But did you like this bit where they're doing that, they're sort of in a trench, and then out of nowhere this tank comes out of the, over the top, over of, the the top of them, yeah. almost lands on top of them. It's such, such so well coordinated. It was choreographed yeah, yeah. amazingly. Horvath grabs up him. He goes, look, we're going to the Alamo. He drops that. He yep. said, right, we're off. They head to the bridge under fire. Miller is now wiring up the bomb. For the bridge. Yep. My question here was, why wasn't that already why? wired? Yeah, why wasn't it Why are you doing it now? Like, come on. Like, you should have had that ready, mate. It was this, uh, so the dude that ran the wire early on when, the, when they decided it was on, Yeah, he ran a wire and he covered up. I'm thinking, why wasn't that all I don't think early? it was connected to the detonator. I don't know. Yeah, but it seemed to me they weren't ready. to run the ready. whole wire and the same yeah. with this one on the bridge. They weren't ready. Horvath gets hit. Miller's running the explosive that we thought would, would be ready. He gets concussed, can't hear anything. Horvath, I think, is being killed. They grab Miller. He sees the detonator. But did this surprise you, this next bit? We see the German soldier they let go. The guy they let go is fine. And he's picking them off one by one. And he shoots Miller, Miller, the bloke who let him go. Were you thinking, no, 
Oh, yeah. Thinking, did you remember that guy? Dog. Did yeah, you yeah. remember? Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, oh, my God. So anyway, Miller is wounded, trying to fight them off with a pistol. Tank approaches. What happens? As yeah. he's firing at it, whoo, it just explodes because the planes have arrived. Mm. The, the tank busters have arrived. So yes. boom, they're, they're just getting hammered now. So they've saved the bridge. Tanks are exploding. The air support's arrived. Upham then tells – he steps up. This is where he redeems himself. Yeah, Upham mm. sees the soldier and the soldier says his name. Yeah. He says Upham. So he, so and it's like there's six – let's say this. So they've now lost. The Germans have lost yes. here. There's six of them standing up. And he's holding, him, he's holding, holding, he's holding them hostage on the other side of the bridge. And he says his name and he just goes, you know what? No, mate. Yeah, but you don't shoot. see it. You only see it from no, the cameras sh- on Upham. That's right. He, you, you just see him firing you the just, shot. You know exactly what he did. They don't give him the, the dignity of seeing being shot. No. They said, okay, you're off camera getting yes. shot. So, yeah, it's uh, unfortunate. Ryan, I like this bit where Ryan sort of shot in the distance, like a long shot. Yeah. He sort of stands up, takes off his helmet and sort of takes a look around and then he sees Miller and starts crying. And um, I think what I like about this is when when Miller sees Ryan, he he pulls him in. He sort of pulls him close to him. Yeah. They're tank busters, sir, P-51s. <laughs> Angel's on our shoulders. What, sir? This. Who he said he has earned Ernest. this. Uh, I my uh, not favorite, but it's a great part of this. Again, the realism is when if you were a, a, a teenager making a movie, you and someone dies, you got you know they have their head clasped. But yeah. but Tom Hanks yeah. Miller dies here. Very realistically, he, he, yeah, his, his body just, just gives out little, and his yeah. eyes simply go down. Yeah. His eyes essentially go with gravity and they just they, they yeah. go down, they don't close. He just you can, but, yeah. but that moment, you, you just he's dead, like you know. Oh, mate, I can remember the first time I saw this, that was heartbreaking. Yeah, oh, people were in tears because the point included. is, right? This is Tom Hanks, he's the bloody lead. Yeah, yeah. um, he's done everything, uh, he's he's wounded, we know that. But, you know, they've been saved. The, the aircraft yeah. are here. So let's get a medic and let's bring him back to life and let's see how he lives nah, on. The not, story, you know, could yeah. have could have been written a different way, but they that's what's powerful is it's not written to be expected. What I like about the end of this scene is when all the sort of the clean-ups happening, you hear this voiceover. My dear Mrs. Ryan, it's with the most profound sense of joy that I write to inform you your son... Private James Ryan as well, and at this very moment, on his way home from European battlefields. Reports from the front indicate James did his duty in combat with great courage and steadfast dedication, even after he was informed of the tragic loss your family has suffered in this great campaign to rid the world of tyranny and oppression. I take great pleasure in joining the Secretary of War men and women of the United States Army and citizens of a grateful nation and wishing you good health and many years of happiness with James at your side. Now, did this surprise you when the close-up on Ryan 
and he morphs into that old bloke yeah. from the start. Uh, did that surprise you? Surprise me? Did you expect no, that to be him? By then I knew it was Ryan. You did? I mean, at once, okay. once, I, once we're 20, 40 minutes into the movie and you've got the Ryan story happening, yeah. I knew, flashback, that's Ryan. Well, that's great. That's a good pick-up first go because I remember the first time I saw it, I'm thinking, holy shit. That's Ryan from the start. Mm. Remember the guy at the start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, whoa, I was sort of taken aback by that. And we, we see he's looking actually at John Miller's gravestone. gravestone so the person yeah. who died in front of him, who came to save him, he, uh, he's standing there paying his respects. My family is with me today. They wanted to come with me. To be honest with you, I, I wasn't sure how I'd feel coming back here. Every day, I think about what you said to me that day on the bridge. I've tried to live my life the best I could. I hope that was enough. I hope that at least in your eyes, I've earned what all of you have done for me. That was emotional. Mate, I was bawling. Do you, do you like how his wife came up to him and goes, please tell me I've lived a good life. Please yeah. tell me I'm a good man. Yeah. You know? And we see on the gravestone, he, he, I like how he stands back, salutes. Yeah. And you see written on the gravestone was John H. Miller, June 13, 1944, which means Seven days. it was a, a week after the beach, Normandy Beach landing yeah. when he died. Right, let's get into the favourite lines. Did you catch this one? This was a little bit of light-hearted banter at the start. Okay, listen up. What? What are we going to do? You're going home wrapped in American flag with a hunk of cheese in your ass, Caparzo, you smart-ass. Now listen up. You liked it in the ass. What? I thought you liked it in the ass. (laughs) That's good banter. Here's another really good line. This is from our man, our sniper, talking about all all you need to do is this. You used to put me in this here sniper rifle anywhere. Up to and including one mile of Adolf Hitler with a clear line of sight, sir. Pack your bags, fellas. War's over. Amen. <laughs> I love him. That That's is, awesome. He's a great character. He's very yeah. well written. He's very well played. I loved it. Yeah. So here's another another line from Miller uh, discussing, <laughs> okay, we're going to go We're gonna go save this bloke. Well, what, what's going to happen? This Ryan better be worth it. He'd better go home. Cure some disease or invent a longer lasting light bulb or something. Because <laughs> these are the biggest yeah. issues. Now, this I think is one of the best lines, too, when Miller is t- defending the fact why he should stay where he is. Tell her that when you found me, I was here and I was with the only brothers that I have left, and that there's no way I was going to desert them. I think she'll understand that. That's yeah, yeah. Because that, remember that, when he goes, "What are you going to tell your mother when she gets another folded flag?" That's him that saying, "I know yeah. my mum, and yeah. my mum's proud of us, absolutely, and she'll yeah. be proud of what I'm about to do." Right. Yeah. How did that happen? There's some plot holes and some film versus reality here, mate. Yeah. Some complained that the scene where they're they're banging the mortars and throwing them back was unrealistic. Apparently, huh. though, it did happen. A Medal of Honor recipient did that during a battle in Italy. It wow. did work. Uh, here's the thing. The, Risky thing to try yeah, for the first time, let's be honest. Maybe. The oldest, remember, there was a picture of the uh, of the Ryan brothers all together yeah. in the woman's house, remember? If the oldest Ryan was left, was the last to go to boot camp, as James said in his story in Ramel, then how can the four of them have been posed in uniform for the photo? Because they weren't all in the army at the same time. One of them, they, one joined after all three had joined. 
okay. Yeah, so a little bit there. Film versus reality, the Battle of Ramel never took place in real life. The town and the battle were both fictional. Smart, yeah. I think, yeah. for this movie. There was yeah. a similarity. There was a German counterattack over the causeway at La Fierre by the, the 1057th Grenadier Regiment. And that was sort of as close as the inspiration for this, this battle. That was the right. inspiration for the yeah. battle. Um, the German tank. Remember the tank that fires up and smashes Jackson, the, the sniper? Mm, yeah. Apparently that fires 75 millimeter shells, but it has an elevation range from minus 8 degrees to a maximum of plus 20 degrees. Oh, so no way to get that Couldn't high. have hit high no, enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they're thinking that that couldn't have happened. Yeah. Annoying because I like oh, him. Oh, yeah. Things you might not know. When uh, all the actors, when they all came together, they put them through to train them for the roles. They put them all through a boot camp. Mm-hmm. Everyone except Matt Damon. They wanted to be. They wanted him to think, "You bastard! Why don't you have to do this to create that sentiment?" You know how they're going to rescue him. They wow. thought, "You know what? You get off. You get off." <laughs> the cinemas were instructed to turn up the volume when they showed the movie. They wanted it louder, so the sound effects they played a real crucial part in the wow. effect. And Spielberg said, "Crank it." Spielberg apparently, as I said, remember, didn't storyboard anything. Mm. He made a lot of decisions on the fly, like yeah. putting the camera here, there, and like in in a more experienced, inexperienced director's hands, that's probably probably dangerous. It's yeah. real. It's like suicide. But he felt he wanted the shots to feel unpredictable, like a real firefight. He didn't. He wanted that unpredictability. Yeah. The Department of Veteran Affairs, after this movie aired, was shown, was screened set up a special 800 number to help the former soldiers who might have been traumatised after watching the movie. Mm. That's how real it was. Well, um, I was talking to Tony McClare. I do a radio spot with him in 3AW. Yep. I was watching this movie and I had to pause it yep. for this radio spot to be recorded. And I said to him, I said, I'm just watching Save Robert Ryan. He goes, oh, and he's a plane nerd. He goes, I love it when the, you know, what are they called, C81s come over oh, at the end. And I went, spoiler alert. <laughs> and he goes, have you not seen it? I went, no. Hello, it's called anyway, the best movies you've never seen. He said to me, and this sounds like it could be urban myth, but he said to me, there's a story of a, a German soldier who had a heart attack watching the beach scene. Really? Wow. Because it was that real. Wow, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. It does not surprise me. Um, the scene where, remember Captain Miller sitting there firing his pistol at the tank? Yep. Would you believe that was the inspiration behind a perk on Call of Duty? There's a perk on Call of Duty, I think it was called Martyred, Martyrdom, mm. where if you get shot, you still can use your pistol to shoot someone there that's near you. Oh, really? That was the inspiration for it. You remind me, though, uh, that moment, I yeah. thought he was shooting at the detonator. Do you know how he saw yes, the detonator? Yes, I think he was. I think he was trying, but he was hitting the tank instead, yeah, because yeah. that was in front of him. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. Did you notice that the colour saturation was turned down? Well, very much so, yeah. yeah. That Spielberg reduced the colour saturation by 60%. Right. For out of artistic reasons, of course. But you have a guess of what? When it went to air on American television, they were scrambling, especially the cable companies, to to turn up the colour to the chrome again to re-enhance the colour saturation. They wanted it to be shown on TV more colourful than it Who was did? in the cinemas. The, the cable, channels, oh. cable channels. Yeah, yeah. Idiots. <laughs> there were a few hints. You know, everyone's trying to guess Captain Miller's yeah. profession. Oh, yeah. There were some hints on his occupation. Like when, um, if, when Carpazza says, if you pay attention to detail, you can figure out anything. 
So in the scene in the church where he's talking to Horbath about how Ryan better be worth it, and he says about you know, creating a longer-lasting light bulb, this could be in reference to him teaching at uh, Thomas Edison High School. Remember he said he taught at Thomas Edison oh, High School? Who invented the light yeah. bulb. Um, also in the church, Upham re- recites a quote from Emerson. Uh, Miller seems to recognise the quote and knows possibly... He's an English teacher. Because he's yeah. an English uh, composition teacher who, who wrote it. So, yeah, a couple of clues there. Anyway, that is Saving Private Ryan. Mate, give us your wrap-up and rating. So I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Thoroughly enjoyed the storyline. I just, mm. yeah, I, I didn't feel like it was at all predictable. Yeah. Like, obviously, there's parts of the predictable. Yeah. They're going to find Ryan. Um, but, you know, who gets through at the end and even the right down to the very end, Miller dying yeah. still shocked me. Um, so the story is just 10 out of 10. The Mate, I probably don't experience the audio as well as you do and as well as cinemas did, yep. but it, it's excellent. But... Man, just the visual impressiveness of this movie yeah. is like nothing I've ever seen right. before. Okay. And? Ten. A ten. Wow. Yeah, I love it. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a nine, mate. I'm a 9.8. I'm as close to ten as you could get yeah. through this. So uh, that, that's that's massive. It's. Yeah. It is a, per, it is a perfect movie. Yeah. It's got the great cinematography, great audio, great actors. Like the only pickiness story. I've got is that a dead body looked like it wasn't quite. <laughs> I mean, yeah. seriously, there was probably 5,000 bodies yeah. in this movie and I'm picking on one of them, you know. And just on the realism part, I think that's what gets me every time. Yeah. I'm just thinking this: if, if ever you need to imagine, like, mate, well, I play Call of Duty in here and thinking, oh, hell, yeah, this is great. <laughs> but just in terms of realism... If there's one movie that can show you what it would be like to be in the center of World War Two, that's yeah. that's one. I mean, We've seen plenty of war movies. I've got no yeah. doubt that there would be history teachers that would play that oh, landing, mate. just to, like to high school students. Harking back to another war movie we did was Gallipoli. Remember? Yeah. And that really gave you an idea of what it was like to be in in Gallipoli, yeah. Anzac Cove, all those sorts. Of yeah, things. yeah, yeah. So there it is, mate. There uh, it is. Great wrap up and rating. A great wrap up and rating. Well, Stephen, I'm going to turn th- turn the tables on you this ah. week, and I'm going to ask you a millionaire question because next week, yes, we're doing my movie. Really? I'm taking over the show. <laughs> okay. I'm taking yeah, over we're the swapping show. Swapping roles. Next week, we're going to do another war movie. Yeah. We're going to do the Great Escape. Wow. Okay. Which I've never seen. I've never, I've, I've, no, I know like, of it, but never seen it. It's and by the way, it's touch remarkable. You've never seen Mash either. So if you, yes. but you what love Private Ryan, what's your yeah, thing against I war? I don't know. I don't know. Old war things. Just didn't so, get to that one. So I have put together a millionaire question for you. Have you? Yeah, I've put together a millionaire question <laughs> okay. for you because you know, um, you know, we've talked about this movie a little bit. So and yeah. you would definitely know um, some of the stars yes. in this movie. But yes. the producer's first choice for what you would argue is probably the key role, yeah, um, in this movie, Hilts, yeah. was it? Rick Dalton, Kirk Douglas, Burt Lancaster, or Steve McQueen. So you're talking to who got it or who, who was the initial who choice? Who was the first choice? So not who got it, but not who was who the got first it. choice? But the person who got it might have been the first yeah, choice. That's I why I've included that person in there. I'm trying to think because it was came out uh, it came out in the 60s. So I'm thinking probably Kirk Douglas was the first choice. How do you know that? I don't know. Just a guess. I just that guess. is so true. Is that right? Yes. So he was. Wow. Boom. So Kirk Douglas yeah. was the first choice uh, for Hilts. Yep. Steve McQueen got the role. Yes. But Lancaster was the first choice for Handley, which is another uh, role in the movie. Yes. And Rick Dalton, you've probably never heard of, um, is apparently, and I haven't seen it, but I was reading this, is someone that's mentioned being a choice for this in uh, Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, there you go. Wow. 
So there you well, go. Well, there you have it. So, mate, you can do so all next the week, You're driving the I've next got week. A, I've, got a, I've got a watch. <laughs> I've got a clip. I've got a drive. I'm very wow. nervous. You'll be right, It mate. probably be won't right. be quite the same because I don't have as much knowledge and facts, but I'll read up a bit. <laughs> You'll and be I'll, right, mate. I'll get some stuff. But You'll I'm, be right. Uh, I'm trying to – the one thing I want to do is try and understand why it is this movie came to me. Yeah. The Great Escape. And why you like it so yeah. much. Yeah, you've oh, seen yeah. it a few times, I think, haven't you? I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – I'm literally going to ring my mum and go, was there someone in our family who loved this movie? Because <laughs> – I loved Hogan's Heroes as a kid. I think that's probably the only other link I could and have. And did that come from this Hogan's no, Heroes? Sort of I'll look it up. Based I, on, I mean, it's a similar concept, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, the, the that German, the German war camp and stuff. Hogan's anyway. Heroes. There you go. Anyway, okay. Stephen, well, that's next, next week, week, Trevor's in charge yes. for the Great Escape. But in the meantime, that was. We hope you enjoyed Saving Private Ryan. Trevor, over to you next week. Next week, buddy.